Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you May 13th, 2023, episode 52 Um... <laughs> Given the the state of uh, United States politics and the the shenanigans that uh, <laughs> that just keep unfolding at a at an ever increasing rate, um, you either laugh or you cry or both. I'm I'm at a point where. Um, It's kind of like I'd rather know the truth than be um, than be hoping or, or presuming that things are not as bad as they are, only to be only to be surprised. So, to me, what is being revealed without? invoking any any names what's being revealed um, is that uh, there's a, a a kind of um, a bloodlust I think a uh, an appetite for um, what used to be in in western in the history of western civilization what used to be almost a given which was some form of um well many forms of of very of of artisan public um sort of politicized public violence and retribution whether from from tortures to witch trials to executions um, public execution all kinds of spectacles spectator experiences that uh, that the royalty Over the over the the centuries of of Western, for just for example, not that's the, not that that's the only historical pathway that that is worth studying, but it's the one that has shaped the dominant is the dominant paradigm is what what dominant paradigm is based on that. So. 
for me, I don't want to be, I don't want to be surprised or shocked and, and thrown off balance to discover what, um, what, what's, what's being hinted at now, which really is that we don't know how, we don't know what the, um, where the limit is, what the, what the extent of that, that, that appetite for, I would say cruelty, political, public, ritualistic, ceremonial cruelty. And so for there to be an archetypal egomaniac of sorts that uh, that feeds that um, that monstrosity that's sort of like a gremlin or like a mogwai to a gremlin it's like if you feed it it will it will transform and it will it will feed onto itself but if you starve it then like the bacteria in the gut they can be in a and there can be a healthy balance where bad bacteria actually is bad bacteria feeds good bacteria therefore you get into a taoistic relativistic sort of state of affairs but that's why there is there's some some balance to be had in, in ecology and uh but disease is what happens when there's imbalances so we work very hard to maintain homeostasis and and, and good balances um but I think without citing exactly the uh, exactly the incident that um, that I'm, I'm that my, my my feelings are really are really uh, keying off of in this moment. It's a, it's a, it's just a, it's just a reminder to not be surprised that uh, like don't be shocked and surprised that um, that that people will. will find a um, yeah a, a, chariz- a charismatic cult of personality what, what really came up for me was like I was trained by the band in living color or living color um, one of my favorite bands growing up and one of their big songs it was back on on MTV back in the MTV days was uh, Cult of Personality and um, that was some of the most potent that and, and, and Land of Confusion Phil Collins you know style um, but I would you know I would call that politically insightful not necessarily it's critical it's not necessarily subversive but um but it, it does it does um it, it it did help me frame and and be be critical and be skeptical of cults of personality 
And so I'm saying that because I'm like, yeah, I was warned. And something that, uh, I mean, something that is very intelligent, a very intelligent sentiment that I, that I heard not that long ago was basically that um, in the U.S., the left, the left better watch out because it's the right that, that is far more competent whether whether by training or by really focused skill development or intent or just by habit or just by i don't think it's luck and i don't think it's by like nature or nurture i don't think it's innate or or, or genetic or anything but i think it's a tactical distinction that is cultural is probably the best way to say it on the on the right side of the aisle there's more of a cultural embeddedness in emotive speaking that's not highly excessively rational excessively logical excessively um like a polemic like a well-reasoned argument like you're just reading a thesis paper with footnotes and and unfortunately the culture of the left the leaders, the politicians, generally speaking, and this is someone, someone else, so I'm, I'm basically paraphrasing the sentiment that I heard that I thought was, it taught me a lot and it was good food for thought, was just the idea that don't, yeah, basically don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when, when the, the right, um, becomes more successful in the polls and in elected positions and whatnot throughout government, don't be surprised if you might be appalled if it seems like a lot of the, a lot of them may be um, individually caught in lies or even convicted it's it's the fact is that the um style of emotive oration that appeals to emotion that which is a fallacy but that that's the nature of it that's the the culture of it that it's far more engaging and far more invigorating and yeah you could simply say it's more it's more manipulative but whatever you want to call it that's kind of pejorative i would just say that uh, the reality is people don't want to hear about how how meticulously you're following the letters of the law and going by the book and that you're so honest and you're such a goody-two-shoes. They would rather you be a groping, drunken, ex-convict, egomaniac, tax-evading murderer if you can make them laugh and you can cheer them up and you can entertain them. So we're, 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 really, we're really screwed if... 
if the left does not become more, more if the, I don't want to say we, because I don't even know who we, we I, I think the balance, the balance of forces are not going to be home in a state of homeostasis that's healthy, because I don't want to say we're screwed if the left doesn't become more entertaining and sacrifice its um, logic and rationality and, and whatnot to that end because I don't consider myself a part of the left anymore I just say as a species as a nation as an American we're screwed if yeah we're we're screwed if the if the, if the counterbalancing force is is to 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 um, the force that is now really snowballing and feeding into that orgy of um of hate and 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 bloodlust and public sort of like that if you feed that demon it grows and propagates really fast and um in 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 nurturing that is an art that i believe charismatic leaders are gifted at and it's it's narcissism kind of breeds itself even though it's filled with violence and 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 battery and and you would think that the cycles would break themselves because the children of narcissists would um would see through it and break free but unfortunately no it actually (laughs) ironically but also not so ironically and kind of to be expected it 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 reinforces and, and perpetuates itself and so it doesn't need to be to be law-abiding, to be truthful, to be honest, to be good. It just needs to be. It just needs to feed that that bloodlust interest that can can be activated by anyone in anyone else with the right sort of recipe of grievances and and yeah people are um people are 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 people who are who are experiencing financial wounds and political wounds and maybe they feel betrayed maybe they feel they're feeling they're, for whatever reason there's there's people who are questioning maybe their affiliations and 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 are, and are susceptible to to persuasion more more so than ever and what they're calling social contagion i i just look at it as look at look at it more academically as as just the study of mimetics and i don't want to be knowing that this is very powerful shadow magic is probably the best way to not Yeah, the best terminology would be shadow magic. 
feeds on itself, grows very fast, and certainly is all about taking advantage of, of an imbalance. And I don't think uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know who. Who. What. What. I don't know what the counterbalancing cult of personality. I don't know who that. Who, who that personality would be. And I don't. So I don't play really that game of. of being a following the leader uh, to be honest I don't really play that game myself I don't really follow follow a leader I don't really follow the leader I believe in the ensemble cast of uh, councils of meritocracies within meritocracies and um, and if there has to be governance let it be let it be um direct democracy and now with all the tools we have there's really not much of an excuse for these old systems to um, justify themselves and uh, (laughs) so that kind of makes me want to move on to more more thought-provoking well just more more for me like more interesting more creative and more practical i mean what i've said so far is just kind of calibrating to the wake-up call and having that sort of um yeah that this is the wake-up call the wake-up call is is that uh you can you we cannot assume we 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 have to assume that there's no limit to how distorted how distorted the um it's it seems tried to say the truth but it's it's like the just the the rate of mimetic mutation the 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 plasticity of the zeitgeist um i don't think that it even matters i think it matters less than ever how like how, how um how fast you could actually fact check even if with ai involved i don't think i don't think it's beyond people caring about that it's about the bloodlust now so I say that it's like that could be very nihilistic and very deeply disturbing and and really disempowering to accept. But what I want to what I want to be constructive about for my own I mean that's why I started with this thing laughing because I'm just like okay anything if anything goes so I just want to get more creative. I want to get more creative. And if this can unfold, any if this can happen, anything can happen. So it's kind of like it shakes up the continuum of 
what what was what was plausible and uh before and that's actually kind of exciting because and it's also what would you call it like uh it's an invitation to step up to these to the times and not just be a spectator and not just sit back because if if we're about to in the next US election cycle we're going to be we're going to be we're it's going to be it's going to be a ride and 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 is it is it going to be something that you that you're going to be emotionally um jerked around by and sort of like you're going to lose balance or or you're going to see it as a as a of an opportunity for for positivity and and creativity to try to um collectively counterbalance what's what's what, what's missing in in what we would feel like um is let's say Oh yeah, if I want to use rhetoric that's beyond the left, I'll just say permaculture, ethical thinking, people care. And really a, a rootedness in 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 sacred and ancestral traditions of um of 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 really of real wisdom about taking care of the land, taking care of people, understanding the place of the human ego, understanding that that pollution comes in the form of capital that is not redistributed within a system and i don't need marx to explain to me how compost works i don't need the left to explain to me or to justify for me i don't need utopianism to justify for me the, the difference between manure that gets piled up in into a place and when it rains it runs off and it creates dead zones in the ocean and it pollutes and kills on a mass scale the difference between that and and a natural process of free ranging where microbes across a wild pasture are going to make easy work out of a out of a distributed cycling of nutrient that's going to be actually <laughs> balanced fertilizer that compost itself or if you want to be a gardener or be involved in, in some level with a, a design system then you can accelerate and you can manage and you can work with compost heaps and you can you can gather manure and you can put it to use in different ways and put it through different systems with intelligent design but the idea that uh there there is ancestral wisdom about about how to ma- manage 
the pollution that is power accumulation in in individuals in in family bloodlines in bank accounts whatever that pulsing that pulsing surplus through a system that's regenerative benefits everyone and everything and that is the foundation of sustainability so that for me like that's my post left permaculture anti-politics that's the frame i'm coming at and i'm it's beyond eco-anarchism because all that really says is what it's 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 a statement of of what is what does not exist it's not a statement of proactively what does exist so i think what is a ancestral sort of an attempt to to think about what it what are the what are the patterns of across human societies ancestral societies before toxic dominator societies took hold and that can be a study of long extinct societies and what they left behind or it can be the study ethnographically of, of living societies and i think the permaculture design system and the founders and those who keep the teachings alive have found a very a very elegant way of um attributing the wisdom of first peoples into a sort of um the, those principles distilling them and and finding the patterns in, in such a way that you could actually consider them sort of social science laws of of nature almost in in that sense of what are what are the com- what are statistical commonalities and I think a lot of a lot of um of thought was put into distilling it down to those those three ethics well, the the uh, earth care people care and return of surplus mainly with some permutations on that third one that can get tricky but to me that's basically if you if you were to have a constitution that focused on those things starting with that or mission as an organization or a nation whatever whatever it is then there would be there would be a built-in critique of cults of personality and it would be very it would be by design to mitigate have strategies that mitigate the growth of those cults of personality because they would be considered forms of pollution 
so decentralization and a a valuing of the marginal and a valuing of operating at scales where direct democracy or the Well, there's there's so many ways to imagine how you would preclude these these situations. I would call it just an an over leveraging in abstract layers of delegation that are so far removed from the sphere of influence that is your range of <laughs> where you can walk, where you can get to with using your own legs without all of the machines and all of the fossil fuels and and there again that that ancestral wisdom so for me this concept that i'm thinking about is just um playing with semantically the idea of revolution which is to me at this point at this point in my life it's almost it's almost so cartoonish that I I probably almost never even say it whereas when I was younger it was so intrinsic and so take it for granted that we would have conversations that would start with so after the revolution what are you going to you know, what are you going to do after the revolution? I don't know. What are you going to do after the revolution? Or do you think after the revolution we're going to do this or we're going to say that or think that? And it was like, to me, I look back and I'm like, that was so cute and so innocent <laughs> that us lefties who were so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed about the revolution and really none of us having none of my peers at least really having more than a an intellectual fantasy about what that would look like not having really had lineages of people who who recently experienced the horrors of of violence Yeah, to be gleeful and to romanticize it. It was very trendy. And it was not, it was used very casually, very lightly. And I don't feel that way about it anymore. I don't think it's, I think it's, for one, it's just just kind of a joke. It just can't really be taken very seriously. And if you try to take it seriously and you think about how actually it it would be i don't think i want that kind of um karmic blood on my hands to to incite violence and um that's what that if you if 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 you're talking about if you're talking about overthrowing a government, then you're talking about more often than not inciting violence and that's where you cross the line and you give 
the authorities a blank check to 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 neutralize you so <laughs> so I think it's important to be careful and creative and really revolutionize the semantics of even that word and I and I respect something in the spirit of um, in the spirit of the, uh, the 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 character arc and evolution that was in that film, um, the original Point Break, that there's something to me there's something very sacred about the, the the this archetypal conversation between the the alpha male the alpha male who is. Uh, an agent of the state and the alpha male who is who is subverting the state and and that tension and that alchemy and where their hearts battle um to me that's what 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 makes that that film so profound uh, uh for and amongst many other re, uh, many other dimensions but in the spirit of that, for me, I'm at a point now in my maturity where I don't, I don't use derogatory words to describe law enforcement officers the way I might have in earlier chapters of my life. Now I'm at a point where I want to arrive at that gift of the alchemy of the meeting of the hearts and minds. And so with that said, there was a speech given by the director of a very prominent three-letter organization where I'm going to be careful to paraphrase, but basically something very, just very potent and very, very, um, just universally wise and very potent and very on point. And, and it was, I'm paraphrasing, basically it says like, look, we live, we Americans, we live in a country where you have a, a lot of protected freedom to express yourself in a lot of different ways, except for violence. That's that's the line, and I don't know what it. I don't know what it was. I mean. Um, I think it was also the context of, of, of a whole speech about how we're getting pelted by foreign adversaries so hard and no one's paying attention and they just want to throw rocks at each other and throw rocks at the at their own politicians and whatnot. Meanwhile, like you would you, you just you just Yeah, you would not you, you would not you would not you couldn't possibly fathom how how hard working the the um the three letter agencies are for the most part at um at protecting us from these from being pelted by by all of these just just infinite innumerable attacks from foreign adversaries just 24/7 and it only gets worse and worse and they can barely barely keep up with it 
And so in the, you know, for me, it was like in the context of that speech, it really, it really affected me to hear those, to hear that be said. I'm like, you know what, man. That's really, that's, that's really fair. You know, that's fair. So the idea of fetishizing violent revolution and the, all of that cosplay with Kit and all of that mil-spec sort of cosplay extremist posturing and posing and LARPing and everything, it's, um, to me, it's just, it's just, it's just indicative of a, of a real embarrassing immaturity level when it comes to respecting the um, the seriousness of, of violence and and just how how it gets um, how impossible it is to to control it or to, to design with it and, and it's just like so um, it's so foolish to think that you can have um, a trajectory of, of, of consequences unfold <laughs> as a, as a um, the consequences of violence actually not backfiring not blowing back not having unintended consequences and collateral damage that you can't account for. So, yeah, it just, you know, going back to that, that sentiment and that speech, it really, it does, it really does, I'm like, don't, don't um, be flippant and, and irreverent and sort of like, um, What's, what's the word? Um, don't be taunting with that sort of militant rhetoric. And that word to call for a civil war, to call for revolution. Be careful and, 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 and think about nuance and think about... To me, the the sentiment that I I mean this this concept of a bloodless coup <laughs> I think uh, that's a little that's a little negative. Nonviolent revolution that's a little 
little more tasteful, but I think what what uh, what was most to me holistic and organic and nonviolent in a very organic sense was this um, this statement that was made in a documentary I saw not too long ago about just the, the, the changes that have happened in the modern history of Taiwan and how so much of the, how, how, how so much momentum has occurred with the mobilization of the youth really working together and working and using technology and really intelligently maximizing their potential for constructive influence over their, their their destiny. I mean, that's so many uprisings of students. It's like the perfect, and I was one of them. I mean, that's the sort of cohort within the population that has the most, the, the mo they're the most tactically um, agile. And, the, and, and at a point where where they're they're most sensitive because they're learning and they're not jaded and the, so yeah I, I know I mean I was a <laughs> my student dare I say revolutionary um, energy it, it was it was um, it was maximized yeah it was maximized not not always in the most constructive ways but um but what I want to say about this documentary in Taiwan is that it's just something struck me at a deep level was the sentiment that, I don't know who said it or exactly what the context was, it basically said, every new generation can be or is or can be almost like a new people. Or... In other words, like the, the national identity can be re, rejuvenated, reinvigorated, redefined literally with every, with every generation of young adults coming into their voice, coming into their <laughs> like political agency in terms of being legally allowed to participate in 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 electoral politics at that basic crude level but to me that was so potent because there is really no reason why why every batch of ripening of a generation doesn't completely revolutionize bloodlessly, organically, like every institution and every framework because the free time is there. You don't have a lot of job responsibilities. You don't have a lot of children to take care of. You're at the peak of your prowess, really. That's the prime state. So obviously... And the, 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 to be, for that energy to be um, 
to be guided with the wisdom of elders and, and for it not to be uh, co-opted or distorted by cults of personality again and the pollution of ego mania. But I think, yeah, I mean, going back to what, what was so, um, to me, invigorating and deeply moving about that sentiment was just like, yeah, that what they've accomplished It's it's um it's probably the most optimistic and most sort of like um, redemptive. It's the it's just a very potent cure for any kind of negativity or, or nihilism or despair about the about the trajectory of of what a people can do to to have self-determination and to really seize the day and seize the solidarity they can have between each other, forming bands and writing anthems and really evolving and, and bootstrapping and accelerating and incubating revolutions and scales and dimensions that just that exemplify that that sentiment that the pen is mightier than the sword you know and now it's like the pixel is mightier than the sword the the bit is mightier than the sword however you want to adapt that for the the digital age and so yeah this is just a um, a PSA thinking about more holistic, more organic, less wasteful, less futile rhetorical tools than invoking this tired notion of a violent revolution. To me, it's a very lazy form of thinking, and at, at best and at worst, it's it's just um, it, it, it's feeding into that callousness and that um, desensitization towards towards violence, and I'm not for that, and I want to respect those words that were shared that made a lot of sense to me to say that and knock yourself out with all of that free speech and free expression but have a little bit of decency for like what what is a foul you know what what would be I just have a little bit of taste. And don't waste, <laughs> don't waste the precious resources of law enforcement with, with um, that sort of cartoon posturing. Because their energy and their limited resources and bandwidth would be better used to protect your dumb ass from foreign adversaries. <laughs> so...
the less they have to do chasing around Dennis the Menace in their own backyard, the, the more effective they can be at, at protecting us so that we can grow up and we can mature. <laughs> and, uh, and we can be part of the solution more than, than the problem to actually being um, just being a stronger, more, more united fabric of, uh, of citizenry and, and whatnot. But, but yeah, so I think that, that uh, sub, it's like the idea of the, the, the inefficiency and the waste of overhand watering versus sub-irrigation either from island gardening or from um, wicking beds, if you know or have much experience with, or if you look into them, island gardening, wicking beds, or even just um, drip irrigation under, under mulch. The idea that if you directly supply hydration i.e. water supply, irrigation supply at the root level, then you, you don't lose it to evaporation, you don't lose it to being taken away by the wind, and you, you, don't, you don't feed something else that you didn't intend to feed with it either. You're not just growing a bunch of weeds somewhere else. You're very surgical with sub-irrigation, sur surgical with... Um, with more sustainable organic methods. So to me, I want to play with this, play these word games and be constructive and creative and, and, and take this notion that um, I like the idea of sub-irrigation. <laughs> the, 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 these analogies of sub-irrigation versus subversion and what it means to be subversive. I don't want to undermine the stability of any institution. I would rather sub-irrigate and embolden its replacement and feed a constructive replacement. And when I think about what's, hap what's happened in, ta in Taiwan, it's just a matter of knowing what, who, knowing what positive, what positive agents of change within a society are going to just have a, a natural, organic, grassroots growing effect to win the day without blood and treasure, without making everyone's life cheap by sacrificing people in, in violence. So I would rather yeah, revolutionize that concept of revolution a little bit and play a little bit of creative and constructive
apply a little bit of more of wisdom, a little bit more people care kind of wisdom to it. I know for me, when I say that word, I'm not thinking about kinetic battles. If I say revolution, I'm talking about planting trees and people living in harmony with nature and being empowered so that we have something to share that is a ecological fountain of peace that we sustain through our collective efforts and that we understand cooperation across all ethnic spiritual, religious, political, all walks of life, all backgrounds, that when we take care of the earth and we share in the fruits of our labor and doing so, that that collaboration is, is, is the, the essence of peace and it is the sort of um, the eternal fountain of it. So to me that's the sort of that's the agenda, that's 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 the mission is, is to get more people planting trees, more people extending the forest as as it were, extending the food forest. Because if that's what we're doing with our energy, there won't be much, we won't need to revolutionize that much. Once our needs are met and we're not insecure and we're, we're very ecologically secure, won't be susceptible, we won't be as wounded, we'll actually be healing. And that is, goes for any people anywhere in the entire planet. It's just science and ethics. <laughs> Permaculture is science and ethics. It works. Anywhere, everywhere is the Swiss army knife of survival and you don't need to kill people and you don't need cults of personality. You just need to extend, understand the forest and extend the forest and get people singing and dancing in the, in the groove of the workflow of making that happen. And I think everything will just, all the peace and freedom will flow from that process. So viva, <laughs> viva the revolution.
you gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We got a lot of love and revolution to do You better train for me